Mabuhay everybody! What does it take to be part of the Olympics? What odds do Filipino athletes need to overcome? How can you become a sports hero? The OSLP podcast introduces a different Filipino Olympian each episode who will share their thoughts and experiences on their journey, on sports, and on life. Please follow our podcast and you can learn more about us on filipinolympians.org. Today we'll be featuring... Jan Torres, who represented the Philippines at the 1992 Summer Olympics in Barcelona, Spain, as a crew member in Soling, an open keelboat. i tell you about sailing first. It's not a very popular sport, okay? Um, although many Filipinos do it for livelihood, right? Um, Marami na mga mangingisda. They have these little triangular sails that they put on their on their um, uh, angkas, and it takes them back home. And they do this out of necessity, not out of sport. Not yet. Um, sailing is not as popular, definitely, as basketball or, or football, right? Um, it's quite different to appreciate because when sailing. When we have our events of our or, or our regattas, uh, we actually have a course laid out, and we need to go around this course. And this course is laid out by markers. Unlike, but with maybe specified on the distance, but unlike a basketball court, where you have wherever you go, whether I'm in Poland or in Russia or in Quezon City that basketball court will have the same dimensions with the same height. Maybe even a swimming pool will have the same depth and the same length, right? And that's something you can train for in the Philippines, maybe adjust to the climate and the altitude elsewhere, but it's those dimensions. In my sport, it's a little different because we may have the same distance markers, but the court that we are using is ever-changing. Um, you know, the court that we are using could change in terms of uh, the current that runs through from left to right today, right? And it may actually go slack and run right, left, uh, right to left later in the afternoon. Or it could be the waves that come with the wind that go against that current for that afternoon. Maybe in the morning it's different. It's changing. And not only the direction changes, but also the velocity. So I've got the wind velocity, I've got the wind direction, I've got the waves, I've got the current, I've got, and imagine I have to deal with all these competitors in the same place. It's, I love it because it's a very cerebral sport. Um, it's very interesting in the sense that uh, um, the same boat can be used by all of us in this room in the same conditions where the winds have changed. But you or I or she might go faster than us. How did that happen? Shaping, shaping the sail by pulling this and that and releasing. It's, it's a very interesting sport. And we all have different roles on the boat to trim the sails, to steer the boat, to talk about the wind in that direction. I tell this, then I tell the skipper to say, coming down in this direction, let's stay on the left side of the bay, right? Then when we cross over to the middle, we have to go over and that kind of thing. And then the other guy, it's just so much going on. And for me, it's still so very special. And every time I watch Sea Games now, I dig out from my cabinet, my old Sea Games jacket, because it's so special to be able to 
be the reason to have other countries listen to your national anthem. And then we move on to the Olympics. So we prepared. And it was such an amazing feeling in the Olympics because in the Olympics, that's where um, people you read about, you know, as an athlete, you always read about uh, the great ones, right? Well, guess what? In 1992, that was the first year they had the professionals compete in the Olympic Games. And it was so amazing. It was really magical because you had Michael Jordan there, you had Magic Johnson, you had Boris Becker, you had, wow, these people that we read about. But it was something that I feel, and I'll be very honest with you, it was out of our league. Why? Um, we were great in, in Asia, in Southeast Asia. But we were out of the league of um, the long-time sailing countries because of technique, because of equipment, because of, because of exposure. It was like, imagine getting into a car. You've been racing cars all your life. Finally, you get into an F1 car. And yeah, you read about it, but what does this button do? And how, what does this lever do, right? And it's a little different because you never had the F1 car before, although you're a really good driver. So that kind of, of shock um, happens the performance, right? Because we're busy learning on the spot. And I'll tell you my little secret, because I would get nervous. Yeah, we were good at what we used to do. And yeah, you show up and some people say, oh, they're the ones to beat. But there's always going to be somebody better, stronger, and faster. And I would always still get nervous at the start line. And I think any athlete would. But you know what I would do? This is my secret. And just pardon me for being a little crass. But that's what I would do. I'd look around, get really nervous. And I would say, you know what? They go to the toilet like I do. Right? The number one is the same. The number two is the same. We're all the same. And if they can do that and still do the same thing that I do in the toilet, then I can do it. And that was my way of, of kind of like shrinking the giants into somebody that I could compete against. And the bottom line is it goes back to just you doing what you love to do, um, you doing what you've been doing all along and training until it became second nature. And I get this wind shift and I know exactly what to do without even thinking about it. And I get, and with that investment, and I could just, just shrink the giants a little bit, then you could do your best for your country. I think that's, that's what I want to say. It was very intimidating. It was very intimidating, but it was so beautiful. And it, it, we had a problem technically uh, on the boat. And it was the, the mechanic from Norway came over and used their material, material to patch up the hole. It was the guy from uh, Singapore who came over with extra line. It was a beautiful thing. And that for me said that is, that is exactly what the Olympics is about. We're competing with each other in the water. And, and I was like that. In the water, on, on land, I, we'd be best buddies. And I'll dare say that this silver medal might be a little more precious to me than my gold medal. And why is that? My gold medal, we won that in Manila Bay in a place that I was very familiar with, in a boat that I was able to train on. 
When we went to Singapore, the Singapore has decided the kind of boat that we would use. We were going to sail in Singapore in the bay that I'd never been to. We were going to use a boat that I'd never seen again. We had a clock running, right? That was not, the storm was not going to wait for us. I mean, the sea games was not going to wait for the storm to go away. So we would go out in toughest weather, right? And almost injure ourselves just trying to get, you know, stay on our feet on the boat. I remember one time there was a squall. A squall is like a mini storm. A squall came through the marina. All the countries hid in their boats. Wow. We hid inside the boat. You know, he comes to us in, in, in the howling storm and he bangs on the holler. I told you ladies to be the first ones on the water. And so slowly, one by one, you know, he was telling us, you got to win the mind game too. You can't just win the race. You know that they don't believe you can do it. We came home from the Sea Games winning a silver medal when we weren't even supposed to win anything. In a boat that we had just seen about two weeks ago in a place that we had never been. And that's why I'm saying maybe that little silver medal is just a little bit more special than my boat. I guess if you find what you love uh, and immerse yourself enough, I guess that will breed your growth and whether your growth will now demand achievement, it's up to you, right? Will your growth demand um, evangelization? Maybe that's another way, right? But it is your immersion in something that number one interests you in the beginning. Find what you love, look for the growth and the growth has many branches. It could be achievement, it could be evangelization, it could be coaching, it could be, um, you know, many things. I would read books, well, yeah, lots of books before, because now Google that. So read books before, and the, the beauty of books I found before, and these are technical books, how, you know, center of buoyancy and effort and whatever, and sale. I read the same book five times over, and I pick up six different things. And that is a beauty of it, depending on the day I had today. I thought I did this. I go back to my book, and that same chapter suddenly means so different because of my experience for that day, right? It's the same chapter I read already, but today's experience made me pick up a different one. But where does one give back in sport? I just want to say it doesn't have to be the sport that you were focused on. Like somebody is a women's basketball man, right? Women's basketball man, right? It doesn't have to be that, right? You could branch off and, and, and do and do the track and field team as well and stuff and, and the give back in sport can be a broad sense. And I think this particular venue, this is what you're doing now is an excellent way to give back. I mean, like, wow, it is, um, it's a good thing. Like I said, it's not just amazing, what you guys are doing, not giving back to just my sport, but giving back to sports in general by touching the lives and giving insight to those that will make, you know, um, a contact with, with, with uh, the youth and future athletes. I think that's an amazing thing. And I'll repeat, not just an amazing, I think it's a necessary. One word, hope. I think um, by doing a program like this, uh, where you are genuinely interested in improving uh, how you touch others, I'll say hope. There's hope for, for, for our sporting programs. There's hope for our athletes. I think, uh, I think this is a good thing. And please, uh, 
you know, spread the word. Thank you. Thank you for your time. That's it for this week's episode of the OSLP podcast. Don't forget to join us next week to listen to another Filipino Olympian. This is brought to you by the Philippine Olympian Association and Adrenaline Solutions. Please check out our websites at philippineolympians.org and adrenaline.solutions. Thank you for listening. Music